Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 107 of the Hardly Millennial Podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of opinions. Opinions, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, we have a little more light in here today for those who are watching this. Last time, it was a little fuzzy because we didn't have enough light. Was it a little fuzzy? Yeah, well, we, we started doing it during the evening. Did we really? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I guess like Yeah, if you watch the six, beginning huh? of the video, there's light outside, uh-huh. and then by the end of the video, it's 100% dark. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> hopefully this one's a little dar- brighter. Yeah, but... well, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, so we should <laughs> But I'm also using cameras that uh, are older also, so. Well, yeah, coffee all a, the way over you here. have coffee. Just... We're just taking sips of. All right, well... I will go ahead and say um, that due to the nature of our last podcast, I think we should keep this one just a little lighter today. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I think the usually last... we don't go off like that, guys. We're usually pretty just goofy. Well, <laughs> like, like I said, it's it's really ironic because so I did. Oh, hello, cat. For those watching the podcast, you can see uh, uh, this is Harley, the cat, just roaming around on yeah. the couch here. Um, but what's, so what's funny about that podcast though is, so the last podcast that I did before taking the like long five month hiatus that I did, right. Mm -hmm. Was, I think it was with Justin and of course, Justin's a very, uh, opinionated, yeah, politically opinionated Uh individual. And so we talked about politics Mm -hmm. and I actually had mentioned on there, I went on a rant on that particular podcast about how I was sick of talking about pod, uh, about politics. Mm-hmm. So then there's the hiatus and then I have, uh, Danny odd, but I get <laughs> back from the hiatus and again, we talked about politics and I think I went on a rant at that point about <laughs> how I was sick of talking about politics. Another tiny little hiatus in there and then had you on and, Spoke about how I was sick of talking about politics. To be fair, it, it's really hard right now with it being an election year. Oh, it it's is. It's really hard to but stay like, off but that that's, topic. <laughs> and to be fair also, you know, my side of the argument always with these people, you know, you're like me, so you don't, you're don't, you not really included in this. But mm-hmm. like with Danny and Justin, who are very opinionated, it, my side of the conversation was definitely much more like just moderate. I'm, I'm tired. Well, not just moderate, just like what I was talking about last time. I'm just tired of talking oh, yeah. about it, you know? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm the same. So off the politics today. <laughs> How are you liking living in Vegas so far, Adam? I like it so far, dude. Um, you know, uh, I haven't really gone out and, you know, done much yet. As you know, I've spent mm. a lot of time in this apartment, which it's I mentioned on my last vlog, I'm, I'm very accustomed to yeah. at this point, just because with the depression and shit I got into, that was a well, big yeah, part you, of it. And you've only lived here for three weeks. You're still trying well, to and get that's, to know and people. And that's just it. Those, those are things I keep trying to keep in mind because there are there are days and moments where I get really like down and discouraged with myself because mm-hmm. I'm just like, I because I still feel like I'm not, It's like, you, you know that feeling you get when you're just feeling super restless? Like you just want to like 
you're just that bored where mm-hmm. you're just so restless. Yeah. Well, it's like I'm just like in a constant motion of that. And sometimes I have my peaks and sometimes I have my valleys with it. Mm-hmm. So it's every time I hit those peaks, it's like I just try to keep in mind. I'm like, okay, I just moved here. Like, you know, and I've, I've gone eight years fucking up my mental health. It's, you know, and I keep wanting to get it fixed just like that. Yeah. But I keep having to tell myself, hey, it's going to. It's going to take time. It's mm-hmm. going to take longer. So when I have those moments, I'm like, fuck this again. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, wait. But we've been keeping busy and we've been working on like the vlogs, the, you know, uh, we did some brainstorming today for short film ideas. Uh, we went to go see O, uh, Cirque du Soleil show the other yeah, night. That How'd was you like really, that? See, and those are, those are more things that I need to do also, because yeah. one thing that I think I get most discouraged with is I feel I I can't think of the right word for it, but like I think back to when I was younger and this is younger anywhere before the double digits and, you know, with teenage years, Mm -hmm. but there was a time that I was really, um, I, I never needed the push to be motivated to do certain things. Like, so for example, drawing was something I really enjoyed doing. I spent, uh, I mean, you remember, I, I spent hours and hours drawing. I filled up sketchbooks. Like, mm-hmm. and at one point I got pretty fucking good at drawing. Oh yeah. You know? I remember, I remember seeing some of your drawings. I was like, geez. Yeah. And I, and I remember <laughs> those really points good. too, but and, and same thing with writing, you know, there were times when I was younger, just like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to write a short story or I'm going to start writing a book or, mm-hmm. and I would just start writing one, you know, yeah. and it, it would come out, you know, obviously whatever you'd expect from that age that I was, but it, it wasn't crap by any means, yeah. you know, and now I find myself in these points where like, I'm trying to, uh, I, I guess the problem is it's being forced. I'm trying to force myself to draw. I'm trying to force myself yeah. to write more and it's stuff that I I want to want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I don't currently want to do it, but I want to want to do it mm-hmm. because I know it's something but you that also I'm, don't want to feel like you have to force yourself to do it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just feel like I'm in this constant battle of doing that. You know, I saw this, uh, TikTok, funny enough, excuse me, but it was from, I'm going to botch his last name, but Gary Vaynerchuk, Vaynerchuk. Is, is this the motivational speaker guy? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I know who you're talking but, about. But, um, and he had, we'll, we'll give a shout out to Gary in the comments when we figure out the name. All yeah. Right? <laughs> but I think he'd like I, I'm pretty, I know his last name's like spelled Vaynerchuk. I just don't know how to pronounce it. Maybe Vanderchuk. Oh. Yeah. Vaynerchuk, Vaynerchuk. It's something a little different, but anyways, yeah. I had saw there was a TikTok that was like a clip from one of his speeches, one of his like little whatever's that he mm-hmm. was doing or giving. And it was a young lady from the audience that was asking him a, kind of the same question that I just had in regards to, she had something that she once loved mm-hmm. and now she wanted to find the motivation to do that stuff again. But you know, she's basically asking, how do I find motivation to do the stuff that I love? Mm-hmm. And his response was, if you're like trying to look for the motivation, then you don't love to do it anymore. Yep. The way that he put it was, he goes, you, you never, you never loved it. You just hooked up with it. Right. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, I agree with that. I tell people that all the time. I tell them, 
they go, oh, but it's just so hard. I go, when you find something that you truly have a passion for, it doesn't feel hard and it doesn't feel like work. It feels easy and it comes naturally. Exactly. And that's how it should. And if it doesn't feel like that, then you should keep looking for that thing. But you see that, and that's exactly what I currently struggle with mentally with myself Mm -hmm. is because there was a time when I was very much into film and into the arts and into writing and into drawing and everything that have to be done with all that stuff. Right. And it never felt like work to get motivated to do any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So now, but now I'm in this weird loop where it's still kind of trying to figure out like, am I still trying to, because I, I struggle all the time getting motivated to do these kind of things. So it's trying to ask myself like, eh, do I really love doing these things mm-hmm. or is this just all I know at this point? So that's why I keep striving towards it because I haven't done anything else. Well, that's why like about a year ago, if you remember, I, I told you just start going out and trying random things look up random events on Facebook and all of that was just for that purpose. Like, because it's like, if you don't know what you enjoy, you're not going to find what you enjoy doing unless you right. go out and just try things right. and try anything because you might come across something that randomly you have a knack for something you might've never thought about before. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you have a new hobby, a new project, something new to get started, maybe a new career even, right. you know, but you don't know those things unless you get out there and try But that's, that's the horrible cycle of depression yeah. is you, you get this depression and you go like I don't feel motivated to do anything anymore and the only way to gain that motivation and that love for something new is by trying something by getting out and doing it but you need the motivation to do that in the first place (laughs) yeah so it really that's why they say like it's really hard to pull yourself out of depression on your own and it's really uh it's a lot easier or more helpful if you have somebody there to help you along the way right which is why that whole um codependent um partnership when you're working on getting out of depression is very important. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think, well, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now also is I'm trying to put out of my head of like those thoughts of like, am I passionate about this or not? And just doing it and being like, you know, I'm just going to do it for now. Mm-hmm. And then just like ride that train and find out to know where that takes me. It's, I mean, f- fuck for all I know, I could find, you know, through doing this kind of film work and YouTube work, mm-hmm. I may find, meet somebody that's really into woodworking and then find out that I really have a knack and passion for woodworking, you know, yeah. but it really, it's like doing this whole, uh, get up isn't even like, a. you know, it's, it's weird. It doesn't feel like a passion project to me. It just feels like. Like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm fucking doing something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, regardless whether I'm passionate about it right now is, is, isn't relevant. It's just, am I doing something or not? It just feels good to do something. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. You know, it's like, so that's kind of just where I am right now with all of that. But, but yeah, I mean, you asked how Vegas is treating me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. That was, yeah, that was the original question, wasn't it? (laughs) But, you know, so there it is. Yeah. um, I mean, I mean, all in all, it's, it's, I think it's been very helpful me being here. And even though. I mean, we're only three weeks in. It's still hard to, hard to tell how things are going. But as far as I can see, like things seem all right. Um, we're working and I see you every day working on something new, working on your Spanish again. I see you working on your editing stuff again, you know, and even though I haven't lived with you in a while, I've been hearing about how you've been doing and it seems like you're doing a lot better. Oh no, I have, I have definitely 
been more productive these last three weeks than I have probably been the last Good. six months. Like for sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and you're, and you're right. That, that is very good, but it's just, uh, it, you it know, but, but that's what I mean though, too. It's about, it's, it's just about doing something to get me out of the mental rut bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then once I'm out of the mental rut, it's like, I kind of figure it out from there, that's good. you know, but I, I think the next step is, you know, honestly going out more, you know, I haven't really gone out, you know, but mm-hmm. you and I have also never really been big going out people you no, know we, we do well when we do go out but it's not like we're the first ones to be like let's go party let's go to a nightclub let's go do you know <laughs> that's just never been you or i so but i mean maybe we need to start forcing ourselves to well be those um, kind of people. i mean you haven't been out here with me but that's basically what i've done since i've been out here oh really um, because i recognize that in myself and that introvertedness and that's not really who I want to be. I don't want to be someone who always stays in. I don't want to be someone who never goes out. Now, do I do I go out every night to the clubs? Absolutely not. I know people who do. Uh, but I made it a point that whenever I was invited to something, you know, I'd say yes. Now, I started, like, saying no once in a while because things were coming coming up more uh, frequently than I expected. <laughs> right. Um, but that's that was something I told myself when I moved out here is that anything I got invited to, a party, get-together, game night, I say yes to, and mm-hmm. I just go. Even if I don't feel like going, I, I force myself to go and get out. And you know what? I usually have a good time. Yeah. I usually, I, I don't think one time I've, regret, I've regretted it. Right. I've enjoyed going out. I enjoy hanging out with my friends. Um, but it's just taking that, you know, getting yourself out of your own comfort zone and going, all right, I'm going to go do it because I don't want to, but I know I'll probably end up enjoying myself. And it re- and the people I've met through just doing that, um, just opportunities I've gotten. Like I, I agreed uh, to help a girl with her demo reel recently. And I ended up just like meeting um, – meeting a gentleman uh and then he asked me to work on another project that he had going and i was like yeah and that's how you know you get to doing more things is just meeting those people networking uh but you're right it is hard to just get yourself out um but like i said that was something i did when i got out here is i started making a point to say yes to more things be more of a yes man Mm -hmm. um and try to just broaden my horizons if you will yeah Um, but that's what i encourage you to do while you're out here i mean every time i'm going out i'm always bringing you with too and so that uh, you can meet more people Uh, like we're going to see Mystere tonight Mm -hmm. uh, another Cirque show we went and saw O um, just like a week ago yeah and uh, back uh, sorry oh just you bringing that up just remind me of a point I was going to make earlier that I got caught up in another tangent but but when we were talking about uh, the the finding the passion like the art stuff and everything again Mm -hmm. I was going to say like what I really enjoyed about going to go see O is like O is just it's just that artsy weirdness enough for me mm-hmm. towards like I like seeing things like that because it inspires me to do stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, I watch those kind of things and I'm like, oh, I'll write about this or I'm going to draw this or I'm going to make this and yeah. stuff like that. You know, but that also goes along with the lines of what you were just saying about going out more mm-hmm. and, you know, finding those inspirations and people or places or shows oh, yeah. or Vegas whatever. Is, um an amazing uh, melting pot of creative people and people that are constantly trying to, uh, you know, put themselves out there and uh, get their own vision out there. Uh, Like, oh man, what is this? Uh, Area 15. 
Um, if you've seen that, I don't even really fully know what it is. If you guys have is more information a, is, about it, please leave it in the comments. Is it a show? It's it's not a show. It's like a giant. It looks like an interactive art exhibit. I think I think that's right. I'm not a hundred percent sure, um, but uh, that's what I think it is, just from what I, the things I've heard and things I've seen online. Um, but yeah, we really got to check this stuff out. And then they had like the Tim Burton art exhibit was here not too long ago. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, like. Las Vegas is just an amazing melting pot of uh, creativity, and see those are kind of the things being out here just for that reason. See, those are the, some of the things that I need to see more. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were even talking about going down to the art district or something mm-hmm. at one point, which I didn't even know existed here. Oh, yeah. I didn't know there was an art district. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I, it makes sense that there is. You know, mm-hmm. I just didn't know that there was. But no, I mean. Like I said, Vegas is uh, it's interesting. Like I said, it still doesn't feel like it's it's weird. Like my my transition from Arizona to Vegas, like is just been such like when I moved from Arizona to Los Angeles, it was a very it was very much felt like a line Mm -hmm. like here, you know, on the left side of the line, here was my life in Arizona. And now here was my, the new chapter in Vegas. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like it's a new chapter yet. I almost feel like it's an epilogue of the last book. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like before the new book starts to be written in this anthology that is Adam's life, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that's what, that's what it feels like to me. You know, it, it feels like, you know, you read the last chapter and now here's the movie to Vegas and here's, you know, the, the epilogue before we get into the next big adventure. Yeah. But no, but I'm excited to see what that is, you know, but like you said, I have only been here for three weeks, so we'll, we'll see what ends up happening here. Yeah, man. Um, when it comes to just, you know, getting yourself into a new place and a new rhythm. Uh, I am a true believer of just jumping into the deep end head first. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've told you before, I think you need to scare yourself. Yeah. I think you need to be uncomfortable. I don't think you get anywhere without those things. I, I think I, if you're not making yourself uncomfortable, I think if you're not freaking yourself out, if you're not taking those big jumps, then you're not doing it right. Yeah. I firmly believe that. So like I'm, I'm always telling people and they go, oh, well, I started doing like these little things. I go, well, you can do little things, but start with a big thing. Yeah. Start with something that really like dives you into it. You know, I feel like if you do that, you're going to, I mean, you get thrown in the deep end. You're either going to sink or swim, right? Um, yep. If you sink, you know, you <laughs> resuscitate and try again, I guess. Yep. But I'm just saying that you need to take those big jumps. You need to take those big risks. And I think you moving out to a big, out to Las Vegas with no real plan was a big risk. <laughs> yeah. It was a big risk. And I think you needed that. Yeah. I mean, I encouraged it, obviously. Right. Uh, and I encourage everyone else to take those big leaps and try and, you know, put themselves in the deep end and see if they learn to swim. Because um, yeah. that's the only way I think, or that's the fastest way you, you start moving and you start getting ahead. No, I agree. I mean, it's, it's definitely important. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I remember there were, before I moved out here, I had coworkers, you know, from Nordstrom asking me like, Oh, so are you just like transferring Nordstrom's out there? I'm like, Nope. Go, oh, so, so like, what are you gonna be doing for work? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> People just look at me like, like you're going out there. It's not nothing. a normal like, thing. Yep. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like I, you know, you hear all these success stories, all these big success stories, um, whether it's, you know, 
Mark Zuckerberg or if it's um uh what's what's his name? Uh You got this. Back to the future, what's his name? Back to the future? Yeah. Marty uh, McFly. Oh, uh well fuck, now that you said his name I can't fucking think of it. Michael that. Fox. Michael J. Michael, Fox. Michael J. Fox. Michael there J. Fox. I use him as an example because there's one story about him like I always think of in my head whenever I'm having the rough phone days. Story. The payphone story. This man like was in Los Angeles. He dropped out of high school too, right? Yeah, he didn't even finish high school. Um, and the man waited, went to an audition and he gave, he didn't have a phone or he didn't have a house phone or anything like that. So he gave them the number of the payphone because he was, I, I think, was he homeless? I think he was homeless or he was really poor. You know, either uh, way, yeah, either way, know. he had to wait by this phone, uh, this phone, uh, this payphone to uh, get this call from the director producers. And he waited by that phone all damn day, mm-hmm. all damn day. This man waited by a payphone for a phone call that may or may not have came. Yep. You know, and if it did come, there might have been someone on it. He might have missed it. You know, there was a lot of room for error there. But those are the chances you have to take. Those are things where people hear about you doing them. And until they work out, like people will call you crazy and nuts. But the minute they work out, they go, you're driven. You're a genius, man. Like, I wish I could have done what you did when anyone can do these things. Well, and what I think being crazy enough. Yeah. Well, and what I think people don't understand about when it comes to things like something as simple as happiness versus depression. Right. Mm -hmm. And one thing I tell people all the time was, so when I was living in Arizona and those who have been following this channel are, I'm sure are pretty aware of this already, Mm -hmm. but I, I lived in a house with, uh, with one of my best friends and like, you know, three roommates, Mm -hmm. you know, at, at one point there were four of five of us in there. Um, and I I was paying very little rent, mm-hmm. you know, and I was living, I had a queen size bed, my own room. I was living in this giant house, mm-hmm. you know, I had a, a, a semi well paying job. Um, I was, you know, putting away money doing all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So anybody from like looking outside Ed goes, wow, like you got a great setup, you're comfortable, you have this, you have that, you have everything that you need, right? You could want for nothing for the most part, very privileged. And then I think back to when I lived in Los Angeles, and at one point I was homeless living in my car mm-hmm. or staying at my girlfriend's place whenever she, you know, she was able to, but she also shared a room with somebody in a very small apartment. Mm-hmm. So it was either three of us in that room or me and myself in my car. And and I, you know, and at one point, like I had to drive down to the beach to shower and I showered in my swim trunks at the little like public shower things that they had there and shit. And, Jeez, and like, so like, oh, so played the homeless game, you know, to a <laughs> T for a few months before, uh, ironically, the person I lived with in Arizona took me at, in LA where I met him. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, but the point of this story is. I was like 20 times happier during the time when I was living in my car in Los Angeles than I was living in the house, really you know, paying cheap rent with one of my best friends. Mm. And it, But the difference was had direction, had no direction, you know? It's mm-hmm. like that, that really matters. So yeah. I think people too many times hunt for these things 
that just that they they don't matter you know not that they don't matter in general just that for what you need they don't matter a lot of people for that it's, it's fighting for that american dream right mm-hmm. it's you know you get a job with a 401k you start a family you get a house right not necessarily in that order mm-hmm. and and people and then all of a sudden they get those things and they go okay well this is everything that i need to be quote unquote comfortable yeah. But why aren't I happy? Exactly. And then, yep. And that's where you hit a lot of the issues people hit more often than not, which is just, you know, like, like you just got done saying, you know, you got the, you got the wife, you got the kids, you got the well-paying job, but maybe, you know, and that, and that only works if you're, if you're, you know, absolutely happy in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but if you go to a nine to five job that you don't like every day and then you come home and you feel like, you know, you don't getting rest you're constantly taking care of you know the kids or trying to cook dinner or whatever and you don't get that joy out of your life now Uh, and it's not that your wife and kids don't bring you joy i'm not saying that but i'm saying you need that that bit just for you and if you don't have that bit just for you it's really hard you know to hang on to anything solid so where it just feels like you're just now groundhog's day you're just going through the same routine yeah every day just in and out nothing different nothing changes um, and that's the rut people get into more often than not. Yeah. Uh, and it really kills me, man. Well, and then it you makes become, me so sad to see. Well, and then you become complacent with it, which yeah. is what happened with me. You get, you become complacent with the comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, it's like and, people need hobbies. People need stuff to keep themselves like active and mm-hmm. their brains but creating. Then you, yeah. But then you get stuck in that cycle again that we talked about earlier with depression where mm-hmm. you can't get the motivation to do anything, which means you can't get the motivation to try new things and yada, yep. yada, yada. So uh, it sucks, dude. You know, I, I, at one point in my life, I used to not make, not, not make fun of people who said that they suffered from depression or anxiety, but I didn't understand it. It was just one of those, like, well, stop, you know, like, stop being I'll sad. I don't think either of us understood it until we started going through harder yeah, times exactly. in our lives. So we were like, oh, it, okay, I get yeah, it. Yeah, because it, it always got to this point this with rough. people. <laughs> Where I was just basically like either A, I thought they were doing it for attention or B, I just thought they were being dramatic or what have you. I just didn't think it was. I thought this concept of suffering from depression was much more rare than people were acting like it was. Mm-hmm. And and to an extent, I do still believe that. You oh, know? There's definitely people who milk it. but Well, I there look, here's my thing. I am somebody who I would say that I suffered from depression. However, here's the difference. I suffered from depression because because of how I was living my life made me susceptible to depression and anxiety. And once you got a hold of those two things, they just plummet you down into a barrel, right? Mm -hmm. Now... That's what happened to me. So now you're getting to a point to where just like your body can become unhealthy, your mind's becoming unhealthy. So now you are a sufferer of anxiety and depression. Congratulations, right? And just like how fat people, when fat people get skinny, they have excess skin. The same thing happens to people who suffer from that kind of mental health and come back to it. There's still going to be excess skin. You're probably still going to relapse into it now and then. Then that sucks, but welcome to life, you know? Mm. Now... There are people, I believe, who are who truly have the the medical like disease that is depression, whereas without any 
any point of their choice in their mm-hmm. life, you know, just they could have been living, you know, their, what am I trying to say? This, there are people who truly do like suffer from the disease that is depression. And those people are the ones who are, I think when they take pills and such for it, it does help them. But too many other people, like in my situation, who kind of get into this depression anxiety rut because I put myself there, turn to getting those pills and then the pills don't work. So they have to get higher doses and higher doses and higher doses and higher doses. And I've heard those stories all the time. And so I still think that when you're going through this stuff, I still think you should be trying everything under the sun except for pills Mm -hmm. before going to that space. Because I do feel like there's still a lot of people who do that kind of shit and you just you just don't need it. Yeah. I needed to move to Vegas and do this <laughs> shit. That was my pill. Mm-hmm. But too many people just go to the doctor and they're just like, hey, well, I just want to feel happy. So just mm-hmm. give me the happy pills. It's like you can't do that. Honestly, I was watching that uh, that new show on, I think it's on Netflix. Uh, the, the Goop Lab, that's that uh, company that Gwyneth Paltrow started Oh, you you told me about that, but I'm not as familiar with it. Yeah, um, there's an episode where they, she sends like a few of the people that work there to uh, this this camp or this retreat in I think it's in Australia, um, possibly. Uh, but anyway, they do like therapy with um, psychedelics, like shrooms and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, they they help people with their anxiety, depression, stuff like that, and just like. And they, they just documented the whole process. They had people there who'd never done it before, people there who'd tried it before once or so. Um, but it was, it was a different setting. Like, they made it clear that this isn't, like, the same as, like, doing it in your apartment or anything. Like, the the mood they put you in, like, everything, like, is meant to help heal you in the best way. Right. I, I feel like, you know, we should do more research into healing like that. I mean, especially for things like depression and things like uh, healing of the mind. Um those things I think are very necessary. I think it's important to, you know, try and heal the brain from the inside almost. Yeah. You know, um, I think we should experiment more with psychedelics and um, their their uh, treatment capabilities for people with anxiety, depression, and mental illness. Oh, I agree. Um, I mean, and just I highly suggest watching that uh, the Goop Lab. Um, the I'm gonna have to check it's it out really myself. Cool. Yeah. But there was uh, one thing, I two herbal remedies that I've read about that I really want to try is one is one I've told you about, which I live in Vegas, so I don't know why I haven't done it yet, but it's the CBD therapy. Mm-hmm. So you just get like CBD tincture and you kind of take it in the morning at night, you know, while you're not, you're not supposed to take too much of it, you know, because you don't want your body to become, you know, just like weed, how you can become uh, mm-hmm. tolerant of the, uh, the THC. You don't want to become tolerant of the CBD, but you, you basically take it like a pill, you know, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to just kind of help rebalance out your mind. So there's that one. And then another one I would really like to try is microdosing with shrooms, mm. you know, the, where you take, you know, and like when, when we talk about microdosing people, you don't take enough to be able to hallucinate or anything. You take like a quarter of a gram mm-hmm. of it. And then you just like, yeah, you, they, you can find them in pill form and stuff like that. And you take like a, just that a quarter of a gram of it. And then the next day or that night you do another one and same thing. It's just, it's just the slightest bit of psilocybin in there to just, again, 
helps kind of balance out your mind and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we already know there are cases where we know psilocybin really does help with shit like that. I mean, one of the biggest benefits that psilocybin has on or I should say one of the the major tests that have been done with psilocybin to, to proven to proven to work is using psilocybin to get people off of their addictions, specifically cigarettes. Yeah, it's I've a, heard about that one a lot, but I also heard it doesn't work unless you really want to quit. Like you have to decide like that's your purpose going in. Right. Otherwise, you know, it doesn't work. That makes sense. That's what, that's what I heard. That's also something they were saying on that uh, Goop Lab show I was watching. Uh, was they said like going in, you have to like be willing to heal. You have to be open to the experience because if you're not, uh, it won't work. Like you have to let it work. You that have to want sense. it to work. Otherwise, it's like, it'll just go over your head. It, that's like what it's funny because that's what uh, hip hypnotists say about being hypnotized. Mm -hmm. You know, we've all seen those videos with the. It's group. possible that it, it's a way of accessing the same part of your brain, the same thing that psilocybin you know, accesses, maybe hypnotists found a way to access the same part, but it only works if you're cooperating with well, it. Well, uh, but that's my point. I don't think it's a matter of like hitting the same part, but I think, but the reason why hypnosis works is because the person that you're hypnotizing is open to the idea of being hypnotized mm -hmm. and that's just it. So when you have they always show like when you have those, the big one is the group, uh, the group hypnotist, right? So they mm -hmm. bring up like 10 people on stage. They all sit in chairs and they, they say something and they go to each of them. They go now sleep, now sleep, now sleep, you know, mm -hmm. and you'll always see like eight of them will go to sleep and then two of them will just like sit there and be laughing and shrugging. And, but the reason why that happens is because those two people are going, I'm not going to be hypnotized. I'm not going to let them do that. I'm not going to let them do that. You mm -hmm. know, because, for whatever the reason is more yeah. than likely to just prove that it's bullshit. Right. Mm -hmm. But the other eight people sitting there go into it going, Oh my gosh, I really want to be hypnotized. Let's do this. I, I want this to work. I, I, I want to experience what it's like. Mm -hmm. And regardless whether or not they're doing it because they actually believe they're being hypnotized or if they're doing it because they just don't want to embarrass the hypnotist. Right. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do that also, yeah. but regardless the reason you participating you being open to being acting like a fool on stage, being open to going to sleep when this guy tells you to yeah. is that that proves hypnotism works. Mm -hmm. As long as you are willing to participate, then you cannot say it doesn't work. But again, you have to be open going into it. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with shrooms or the same, same thing with really any psychedelic. I think it's also why people have quote unquote bad trips on them mm -hmm. is because they go into it telling themselves i'm gonna freak out i'm gonna freak out i'm gonna freak out i'm gonna freak out then they freak out <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense i don't know there's there's a lot of herbal remedies to things that it really bums me out that are illegal for whatever reason that we can't look into uh, it's the the weed thing i really don't understand i just don't understand like i i get the people who don't like that stuff at all don't like the alcohol don't like the weed fine like, I, I totally get it, but I really don't understand the people who are fine with alcohol being legal and are all about weed being illegal. 
Like that makes no sense to me because, you know, science has proven time and time again that weed is way less harmful for you. Like I've never known someone to beat their wife after getting really high on weed. Right. You know, it's <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Like, I don't understand how you can have one legal and not the other. Like I'm all for it. Like it's it's the same thing with like, you know, equality means it's like if you're going to do one for one, then you do the one for the other. It's like if you want to make weed illegal, then I feel like you got to make alcohol illegal. Well, Otherwise, if you're going to have things like alcohol legal, then it makes no sense to have things like weed illegal. Well, I think the the argument to that that everybody always shares. The regulation. What? The regulation of it. No, it's not the regulation yeah. aspect of it. It's just very much more basic than that. It's just that alcohol is grandfathered in. That's a, that's literally it. That's true. It well, is, and it has become so embedded into everybody's culture that, like for example, a perfect little analogy here is if you if you have an have an old eighty year old woman right, and you tell her. That, and she goes her entire life, you know, believe, believing in God, believing in God, believing in God, believing in God, like prays to him, crosses all over the house, goes to church every Sunday. And then 80 years old, she finds out, I don't know how, but she finds out for sure. Somebody comes to her door, has the answer and tells her, hey, guess what? There's no God, right? It goes, it, like without a doubt, there is no God. That woman is probably still going to hang the crosses up around in her house, going to pray to God. Going, it's like that. Well, it's no, not but, all you can. And I understand this though, but like, but I think, uh, but I think in a society standard, like looking at it like that, that's why. It's like we we know it's bad for you. We we know weed isn't as weed isn't bad for you. You know, especially not compared to alcohol. Mm -hmm. But it's just so grandfathered into our society, into American culture, especially. But, but that's my thing. We went through the same. Like you were just saying, we did the same thing with alcohol, uh -huh. and that's why I'm saying why why is it. We, we don't see the similarity in that, like the with prohibition. We did mm -hmm. the same exact thing. Look how that turned out. Right. Look at all the crime that happened. Look at all the speakeasies that were going on. It's like, why can't we just learn from that? And, we, and then we're doing the same thing with weed. And then we're going, oh, my gosh, this is this is so bad. We can't make this legal. Why is all this crime happening with it? You know, we got to keep it illegal so that this crime doesn't happen, even though it's already happening. Yeah, but, <laughs> it's just like, but think about they it. They did the same thing with alcohol. They took alcohol away and crime went up and people found ways around it. And then they made it legal and all of that shit went down. Well, the, but here's the thing. The reason why it's becoming more legal and acceptable now mm -hmm. is because there's a younger, there's a new generation coming up. That's solely the reason. The, the reason why there's such pushback and the pushback is typically from people over a certain age, usually an older age from older generations and the reason why that exists is because when weed was made illegal in the first place there was such a pro this propaganda war against it of you know lies about it about how it actually affects you you know mm -hmm. what what you know it's going to I mean, you, you've seen it. Reefer Madness was yeah. out and stuff. There was uh, William uh, Randolph Hearst wrote in his fucking newspapers uh, little columns about how horrible weed was and how it was just a monster and a menace to society, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Meanwhile, these people are drinking and beating their wives. Yeah. But, you know, weed is the enemy. Yeah. But... <laughs> 
but the point is the, that's why there's such pushback is because that was the propaganda that was sold to people mm -hmm. so when you have these older generations that are arguing against legalizing it it's because they're they're living with the same stereotypes in their head of what weed does to you about what weed does to people and if they knew a stoner and you and i know plenty of stoners there who are pieces of shit you know it's just like who fit the the stereotype and are oh, annoying yeah. or what have you but we also know plenty of stoners who are extremely driven people and very successful right people. but but yeah. all i'm saying is as long as those people exist and the older generation exists and they're able to witness that stuff and they're able to still remember the same kind of propaganda okay, shit well there's, their there's way more shithead alcoholics out there than there aren't so with that argument, they should take that, throw it in their own faces, and then make that illegal too. But that's my point. Like. They're, but, they're, but that's what I mean. I, it's so frustrating because that's right. that's the thought process, and it's like it's so simple, and yet we can't see it. Right. That's why I don't get. It's the simplicity of it. It's like you. It's such a simple idea. So or a simple realization. So it's like they are blatantly just choosing to ignore it. They're right. choosing to be ignorant about mm -hmm. it, which just confuses the absolute hell out of me why someone would choose to be ignorant. I don't get it. I really don't. <laughs> well, I mean, confuses I would... Confuses the hell out of me. I mean, I would argue that these people just, they don't believe that they're ignorant. You know, these people believe that they've done their research. And you have and to believe that that's the see in my head. Then I'm like, they're either really ignorant or they are making the choice to be ignorant or they are actually stupid because mm -hmm. it's such a simple idea. Any idiot can look at an alcoholic and a stoner and figure out which one is worse. Mm -hmm. Like, but yet yeah, you have, you still have these uh, idiots. Now we're, we're just going to call them idiots. You know, even if they have PhDs, they could have like all these degrees and stuff. And they're sitting there going like, oh, if you smoke weed, you're going to ruin your life and all this stuff. And I'm like, I know people who smoke it every single day. Mm -hmm. And then they are the most driven and most ambitious people I've ever met. Yeah. And, and yeah. And you also have the shitheads out there. But but like I said, you're always going to have both of those. It's the people who can't realize and um, realize that it's. That they're not doing anything uh, different than what we used to do with alcohol. Right. And it, and it's even dumber now because this product doesn't do nearly the damage that alcohol does. If we were ever going to make one of them illegal and one of them legal, we should have made alcohol legal and made weed legal. I guarantee you the world would have been a much better place if everyone was high all the time <laughs> <laughs> than drunk. Well, we've, we've unfortunately passed that train, though, because yeah, we'll I never... Know ever make alcohol illegal i know it just like uh, you think back and you're like how did it go this way right how did the violent one become the the popular one the one that we put commercials on every single like millions of beer commercials are on every well, day because because remember there was a point where all that shit like beating your wife and stuff that was all very much okay you know and that wasn't and that it wasn't that long ago uh, when that weird. stuff was that okay you know, but, but, but that's why. So there was no existing stigmatism on it because it's like, oh, you mean it causes you to be a regular person? Okay, whatever. We should stop using the beating the wife analogy. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I know, I know, you, I know. But, but I just, most just angry alcoholics, that's yeah. the issue that they have. Yep. You know, it's like I wouldn't use it as an analogy if it wasn't so fucking common. <laughs> mm. Yeah. No, I, and I, I agree with it. I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's rough. Like, 
I, I like what one comedian said. Uh, he said, uh, stoner is more likely to stop at a green light where an, al- an alcoholic is more likely to run a red light. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's pretty true. <laughs> yeah, but both can cause accidents. Yeah, both can cause accidents. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm aware. That's why I always tell people, I go, I'm not arguing right. that weed isn't bad for you. Putting smoke into your lungs is bad for you. Like, you know, constantly being on it and bringing down your brain cells, like that's bad for you. Like, I'm not saying it's good for you. I'm just saying it's nowhere near as dangerous for you as alcohol no so when we make the comparison it it drives me crazy how people can be okay with alcohol and then be completely against weed and demonize it like they do well i always make a point to be when it comes to these kind of conversations and if you've listened to uh the this podcast i had a few episodes where this happened but i always make a point Anytime the conversation of weed comes up to always kind of play devil's advocate with it. And the reason being is because I feel like we have gotten to a point where it has become glamorized so much. Mm, I agree. To where we need somebody to be like, hey, wait a second. Yeah. Wait a second. Because look, I am somebody where, look, big stoner, you know, Mm -hmm. like have been for years. Yeah. And... But I've I've also reached a point with the weed where I understand that it makes me lazy. It makes me unmotivated. You know, if I do enough of it, it makes my mind foggy. I can't remember stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, fuck, dude, you bring up things to me all the time that you remember clear as day that mm-hmm. I, I can't fucking put my finger on at all. Yeah. And. And there are some people, though, who can smoke weed every single day and they don't have those issues at all. And sometimes, like you said, some, you know, people that smoke every day and they're some of the most driven, motivated people. But I always make the point that, hey, it also exists the other way, guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and, and don't be like me and get stuck into and maybe it's not a physical addiction like nicotine, Mm -hmm. but it's still a fucking addiction because it's pumping dopamine into your brain that your brain no longer wants to get from anywhere else but that yep. little green fucking plant yep. and you have to be f- really careful of that yeah that's why that's why i tell people too i go i'm not saying you know smoke weed it's absolutely incredible like i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying that if we were gonna legalize one of them then you need to legalize the other because mm-hmm. the the argument doesn't make sense it makes zero sense right so and people are still making it uh, yeah, so I completely agree. I think anything in excess is bad for you. Yeah. I don't I don't have a problem with drinking alcohol. I really don't have a beer from time to time. But just like there are people I, I know that get drunk every single day. And when they're drunk, you know, being drunk isn't the same as getting high because you black out. You're yeah. incoherent. You, you don't know what you're doing. You're not in control of your body. You know, when you're high, do you lose control? Do you lose control of your body? Do you black out? No. Exactly. That's what I mean. It's like, I, I'm not saying weed is great. I don't think you should be smoking every day. I don't think anyone should. I think it, it's fine to do in moderation like anything and just like drinking. But I'm saying do not argue one without the other. You right. know? And people do that to me all the time. They're all about drinking. They go, yeah, but I don't like smoking. I'm like, so you like <clears throat> just being out of your fucking mind <laughs> is what you're telling me. i rather not remember last night. And I'm like, that's more of an issue than i rather chill out and put my brain in a fog for a little bit. Well, the thing is, though, I don't feel like people who talk about the 
like who who try to compare those two things. Mm. I don't think it's necessarily because you're right. A lot of the times, you know, you you can black out and things like that. Also, I'm not saying they're doing that all the time. I'm just saying it's it right. puts you out of your head way more. No, absolutely. But one argument I will make towards alcohol mm-hmm. compared to weed, and and this is probably. Uh, well, I, it's not probably it is. This is just an opinion. This is how I feel about it is I think being drunk for me is more fun than being high. I definitely have more fun, you know, interacting with people when I'm drunk rather than interacting with people when I'm high. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when I'm high, you know, at a party, especially, you know, I'm always just kind of like, mm, you know, just sitting there, not really talking and can't really put thoughts in order. Oh, it's fun when you're in the moment. Absolutely. Well, yeah, that, but that's what I mean, though. But like when I drink and I get drunk, you know, with a bunch of people in the same setting, mm-hmm. it's like I want to talk. I keep going. I'll rant about stuff. I'll have fun, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So it's just I mean, so I think that's where that argument is coming from mm-hmm. is just these are people that are, are getting that experience from being drunk that they don't get from being high, mm-hmm. you know, and unfortunately we, everybody's just kind of lost the, the art of arguing anymore. So arguing ends up seeming like they're defending, you know, yeah. alcohol. And it's like, you know, it's, it's like, and I get that they're not, but you know, it kind of goes along with what we were talking about the last podcast where people just forget how to express their opinions anymore. Yeah. I mean, I'm guilty of that too. I slip over my fucking words all the time, mm-hmm. but I, but I think that's where that comes from. A big issue though, that I think everybody has that they don't realize and this, and this goes for weed also, but I think it pertains a little more to alcohol than it does weed is I know so many people who have so many couples who have met at bars you know, who, mm-hmm. who, you know, both of them were just people that went out, you know, and maybe not alcoholics that getting drunk every night, but people that just, you know, every weekend they go out with their friends and, mm-hmm. you know, they go out to, they have a favorite bar they go to. And while they were out one night, you know, they met their future husband or future wife. And then, but what I always notice with these couples, not all of them, but a lot of them mm-hmm. is that ends up kind of being what they do for fun. That's how they socialize with each other. You know, now both the friend groups have come together, both the friend groups like going out and drinking on the weekend. So now they're both doing that. And sometimes they'll, you know, and even if they're hanging out on the weekdays or something, they're still, you know, getting a little tipsy with each other and such. Mm. Well, as what happens when you get older, you kind of stop, you know, now some people go on to become alcoholics, different story, but (laughs) For the most part, people will stop drinking and, you know, if they're stoners, a lot of times people stop, you know, smoking weed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now you're a lot of people will end up marrying this person that they meet at this bar. And now, you know, you're stuck with them. And guess what? Now you don't drink anymore. Now they don't drink anymore. Or worse, you're both are still drinking and not going out anymore. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And I, I just see it. And me and you both came from. I'm. Well, we're brothers. We came from the same family. Our family is, uh, we came from, uh, both sides of the family, alcoholics um, on both ends. Uh, so I've always been really weary of like the alcohol and I've had my bad run-ins with alcohol. So it's, mm-hmm. and my whole thing is like, I've, I've never woken up after uh, a night of smoking weed and thought, uh, Oh man, I really God, last night. Jeez. 
you know, but just about every time when I wake up after drinking, you know, I have to rack my brain. What did I do? I have to like think I go back over everything. Like I said, cause like, you know, it's all fun and good in the moment. Then I think back, you know, was I acting like an idiot? You know, I start going over all those thoughts and it's, it's never happened with weed, but it happens with alcohol very frequently. Oh really? Yeah. See, and I never have that issue. But I know alcohol. people that, that don't either. And those are also the people who like, choose to re- I, I have friends all the time that just repress like their bad times when they drink every time they have a bad time they're just like yeah but all my good times right and i'm like but what about that time when you've embarrassed yourself ran out ran through the party naked and then like jumped through the window and they're like yeah but what about that one time when it, things went really well you know it's well it's and, it's and that's my whole thing with it it's like i just see the bad times more clearly you know, than the good times, you oh, know, they see, stand out much bigger than me to me because, you know, why, why should I do anything that I know might cause me bad times? Why should I take that gamble? You know, oh, I hope I don't drink and embarrass myself this time. Well, oh, well, here we go. <laughs> well, I think, I think it's just, just like anything that it's always just dependent on the person. Mm-hmm. Because like, for example, you, you said that you've run into more times than not waking up and trying to piece together the night before. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas that has literally happened to me once, Mm. you know, and I've gone out drinking a lot in a lot of different situations. It's not always just trying to piece the night together. It's just thinking the things you like, say I have nights, I remember everything. Right. But then I think about how they seem to me in the moment and how it actually seemed to everybody else. Oh, see, I don't have that. See, but that's the thing. It's like people, is that repressing that though and going like just choosing to ignore like the dumb stuff that you did and then just going on with your, your day and then that stuff doesn't get to you until later on and you start, people don't want to hang. And then you get to a point where people don't want to hang out with you anymore and you don't find out why and you go, oh, because every time I'm around this person, I get drunk and I do something dumb. But you always go, oh, but that's just, you know, regular stuff and you well, don't think anything of it. But it, it's just gay. I just don't want it to get to that point. Is my no, no, thing. I feel you. I like I said, though, I just think that's all dependent on the person, mm-hmm. you know, ju- just oh, like absolutely. people drink fine moderately all the time and, and do fine with it. But I just see more often than not, it ends up going the other way. Oh, see, I, I, I'm just saying I'm the opposite where I, I don't, I don't see it go negatively that often, Mm. you know, even, you know, with other people's experiences and even with my experiences, you know, but again, like I said, that's why I just think it just depends on the person. Mm. I I totally understand people who have the argument, like, like you argue that, that, you know, thinking back at the night before and thinking that everything was fine, you know, is you repressing, you know, an embarrassing moment or repressing, you know, the negative times drinking. Whereas like, I don't see it that way. I just look at myself who just doesn't fucking care when Mm -hmm. I behave that way. And everybody else should just understand that I'm fucking drunk. And as long as I'm not hitting somebody or, you know, cheating on someone or any of that stuff, then it's all fucking golden. Yeah. And well, I'm I'm not saying like, I still, I still go out to parties. I still drink, you know, and I still, I still become a goofball and I I do dumb things. And it's like, I'm not always waking up going like, oh man, I regret everything I did last night. But I'm just saying it's, it's a gamble. 
Right. It's the gamble that gets me. It's like mm. the night could go fine and everything could be good. And I could, you know, have just the right amount of drinks and, you know, keep my head on straight. Or I could go one overboard, do something dumb that I'm going to regret for the next six months. Uh, see, that's the thing. I don't like the gamble. I don't like, you know, drinking this juice and then going like, well, I hope I, I don't overdo it. I hope like I keep myself together. I hope something doesn't go wrong, you know, and and if I smoke weed, I don't have that thought because I'm still in my head the whole time. Right. I'm still conscious of my what I'm doing. See, I think that I think that comes down to whether or not you're in uh, an over drinker or not, because like I'm definitely somebody where it's like. I get to like a level most most of the time at parties, and I'm like, all right, this is where I'm I'm sticking that I'm sticking it right here, you know, for the rest of the night. Maybe I'll have a couple more shots. That's the that's that's what I'm talking about. The maybe it's the gamble. You could go one over. You don't know. It's the gamble. You can go. Oh, I'm just gonna have one more shot. I'm good. I haven't had that much. I've been drinking in an hour. Like, but it's always just that one over. That's all I'm saying. Just the gamble. It's just like that. Oh, like maybe I'll have one more, but then it's just one too many. You know, and that's the gamble. And now you're making a fool out of yourself because you decide to have one more than you usually do. Right. You know, and that's all I'm saying. Like I said, I still go out and drink. I still become a goofball. I do it myself. I'm not perfect like anyone. It's just, I'm just bringing up. There's that gamble every time you drink Mm -hmm. that you could go one over because as soon as like you get more and more drunk, that part in your brain that starts like making smart decisions starts getting turned down. Right. And then all of a sudden, like another drink seems, seems like a good idea to you. Or you you think you're more sober than you are, and then you have mm-hmm. that one drink, and you're like, oh, I'm not sober at all. Um, it's just that gamble. Right. That's all I'm saying is like, I I don't get that gamble with weed. You don't get that with weed, um, but you do get it with alcohol. Right. Well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. It's just the the gamble is there with one and not the other. Right. Now now to you people who have smoked weed once. And you had like a crazy high and you're like, oh man, like, you know, I was out of my head. Like I, you weren't out of your head. You, you took way too big of a hit your very first time. If, um, to, if anything, to, yeah, it's, if it's anything, not a way to measure what it does to you. <laughs> if anything, weed can put you too much in your head sometimes yeah. because I have definitely smoked enough to aware. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause I have definitely have smoked myself so stupid to where like I'm sitting on the couch and like just that, like I just can't get out of my head. Mm-hmm. I start thinking about every single little embarrassing moment that's ever happened in my life. Mm-hmm. Or I just start overanalyzing myself from a third party perspective, yeah. you know? And like, and I just get way too stuck in my mind. And, mm-hmm. and those are, see, that's, and that's, that's my gamble with again, weed. <laughs> but I'm never, but I'm never gonna smoke a whole bowl and then go into my car and then drive straight into traffic because it seems like a good idea. Right. You know, it's that will never happen. Yes. So I might I might bury my head into a pillow. I might be depressed for the rest of the day, (laughs) you know, something like that. But I'm never going to, you know, harm someone. I'm never going to be out of my own head. I'm never going to neglect my children. You know, I'm not going to do that stuff. Right. You know, because the the worst is not even near what it is for alcohol. Yeah. That's my only point. It's just you can't compare them. If you're if you want to make one illegal, make them both illegal. If you're gonna make one legal, make them both legal. I think it just comes down to the point that you made earlier, where it's just truly just everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. You know, everything. Yeah. You know, where but it, just too many people we get 
too, yeah, too like greedy. It, it's funny that well it, <laughs> you want more <laughs> well and that's just it it's it's funny the people who go around and they're like you know i'm an addict i'm an addict and you know we we sit here and we act like addicts only belong or only certain people are addicts and i really don't think that's true i think we're all addicts i think everybody it's just has the capacity who found a healthier one. thing to be addicted to oh yeah some people are addicted to being healthy very true. Yeah. And I, sometimes too much of that can be a bad thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I see people all the time that are miserable because they, they can't bear to put one, one, uh, little grain of sugar in mm. their body. So they're like miserable. So yeah, everything goes both ways. Like anything in excess is bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the only reason why we really got to talk about alcohol is because too, too many people do that in excess. And like I said, it's, it's like, you know, making yourself a zombie for a while because mm-hmm. when you drink to excess, you can't remember. Shit, right. You know? Well, and that's, that's always the argument that I, I, I mean, I think the reason why we brought up alcohol was just because so many people are so quick to get defensive with that. And it's like, but the, here's the argument I always use because people, anytime I have a conversation with somebody like this, who, you know, I just talk to, cause I'm just worried about that, you know, about how much they're drinking or whatnot. They'll always throw the weed thing in my face. Right. Mm-hmm. And my response to them always, I go, yeah, I understand. And I'm not saying it's good for me to smoke as much weed as I do, but there's an alcoholics anonymous. There isn't a stoners anonymous. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, I go, point. I go, when you, li- when you, <laughs> when you say both of those, if I were to call that person a stoner and then also an alcoholic, people are going to think stoner means better than alcoholic. You know, mm. it's, it's like that's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Just one's more harm more harmful than the yeah, other. Yeah, one has a meeting, one doesn't. Yeah. It's like you know, but what whatever. If people are going to do what they're going to do, we're just saying be fucking smart. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Let's just all be smart. <laughs> yeah. So uh um to kind of change gears here, uh that TikTok life, man. TikTok. Oh my gosh. I'm, I regret the day I ever discovered what TikTok was. I'm oh a 25 year old gosh. man and I'm going on TikTok every day because I just yeah. can't stop. Dude, it's oh, it, it. It, speaking of addictions. <laughs> right. Like, holy real, shit. Don't, I mean, I get it though. I have fun making the it's, stupid yeah, little I, videos. I just like, enjoy, like, yeah, they're just fun to make. I get a good laugh out of them. Mm-hmm. I enjoy going through them. I don't know why. I really don't, <laughs> but I, I like it. And you know, it's the, it's the little things in life. You know, I'm, I'm too, I'm so tired of people going like too many people are on their phones all the time. Too many people are doing this. It's like, yeah, it's, it's 2020. Just go with the flow. Let's see what happens. <laughs> well, <and that's laughs> these trends just, come up. I'm like, yeah, I'll check it out. <laughs> well, and we talked about this, the last podcast also about people who make fun of shit like this. And I still remember back to that video of people making fun of email addresses. And now it's like, how dare you not have one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Or Facebook when, Facebook came out though, like, hey, so why are you using Facebook? Like, you're not a teen now. Businesses like Facebook's a huge thing, dude. Like, Facebook for everyone, is, if anything, the entire face- world. <laughs> if anything, Facebook is kind of losing their edge because it's kind of known as like the old people's social media now. Yeah, but it's also like the George Washington, like yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, we're reaching. I think Facebook's going to go away eventually. Mm-hmm. I do, or it's going to transform into something just completely. Uh, yeah, I don't different. think it's going to go away. I think it's just because Google owns it, right? No, Facebook owns it. No, 
Google doesn't own Facebook. Someone owns Facebook. Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg owns Facebook. Does he really? He also owns Instagram. I thought and, he uh, sold it. WhatsApp. I could have sworn it was owned by someone else now. I think those are the three main things. It's Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. Oh, and Oculus. They bought Oculus, too. But I'm pretty sure Google's... Oh, I guess... Uh, why, why is it I thought that he sold it? Why is it I thought he sold Facebook? I don't know, dude. He was... He, it was just last year that he was um, in front of Congress. Oh, man. Well, I don't even know why I thought that. I don't know I either. I mean, it I... makes... I mean, I guess it's a it's a move that wouldn't really surprise anybody if it happened. Yeah, I guess. But... Um, <clears throat> oh, you know what I was thinking of? Mm. YouTube. I was thinking about Google bought YouTube. Google bought YouTube, I was yes. thinking YouTube, yes, not Facebook. Yes, Google bought YouTube. My bad, guys. I swear I'm not an idiot, but that's what I was thinking of. You Google bought YouTube, not Facebook. Never mind. Speaking was, of YouTube, um, how are you liking being a YouTuber thus far in your journey? Um, I mean, I haven't done much. I posted two vlogs so far mm-hmm. on the second podcast. Well, I mean, the two vlogs, but you're doing the motivation stuff beforehand also. I tried. Yeah, I tried the motivation channel. Um, my big thing with the motivation channel is it just didn't feel personal yeah it was just me in front of a camera talking which you know i can do but i feel like people would be more motivated and um just me leading by example showing what i'm i'm doing every day in my life um uh because if you guys don't know like i'm i'm a big stickler i really want people to just achieve everything they want in their lives mainly just because you can you know and too many people think that they can't and they don't take the action to do what they need to yada mm-hmm. yada yada but even that like would bore me just talking about it right you know so i'm like i like the vlog idea better and i like doing this better just showing people how i'm living my everyday life um and show them that they could just do little things like i do every day to help you know progress themselves yeah so as far as being the youtuber and doing the motivation thing i liked it um i think i need to figure out how to do it um, I'm still trying to, still trying to get the hang of it all. Um, yeah. but I would like to, you know, expand more on our content and, you know, like I said before, try and get like the short films and stuff going and do more of that stuff. Cause, um, I am an actor and I'd like to do more, um, acting. <laughs> right. Well, and I, that's uh, YouTubing definitely, or just being, I mean, I guess influencer is, is kind of the goal here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's, it's definitely a, an interesting journey. Cause first of all, it used to be something that was laughed at. And now it's something that basically everybody's trying to do. Um, it's, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet. I mean, it's, this is truly one of those things to where I kind of touched on it earlier in the podcast where it's like, it doesn't even feel like a passion. It's just like, like, can I take this somewhere? Something like, to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like, if I post enough, if I put out enough content, it's like, because look, there, there are tricks of the trade with, with content creating and stuff that I, I don't know how it works. Like, for example, there's something with emojis. I don't know what it is. People have tried to, people have told me and People have told me there's a thing with emojis when it comes to like marketing and advertising and getting people to click on your well, shit well, and things here, like that. Uh, just with that real quick, um, we're going to have my friend Chaz in town next week and That's we should have him on. Right. 
he knows all about these algorithms. He uh-huh. knows all about like the emoji stuff. We we can have him on. Let's clear that up when he gets on. <laughs> that's 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 a good point. We'll Chaz, if you're that. watching, because that's one thing I've always heard. Yeah, yeah th- that'll be a good podcast. But that's one thing I've always heard. People have always brought up to me, and I've even seen uh, people that I know who have blown up on the internet now. Mm-hmm. Who. Uh, Anytime I go to their set, that's just it. There's like the emoji stuff and things like that, where it's like that that particular kind of stuff just doesn't interest me. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I like creating the content, I like putting it up, I like you know I'll share it to people. But when it comes to like all the analytics, like oh, how did this video do? Oh, well, I can do this differently or this. Di- mm-hmm. I don't fucking know that shit. You know, nor mm-hmm. do I necessarily care to learn it. I guess you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like if people like me, they'll tell people about me. It's like yeah. I don't feel like I have to get the clicks. I just have to wait for that you know one person to be like, oh, that was funny. I'm gonna share it with my friend John. Oh, that's funny. I'm gonna share it with my friend. Sally, you know, and just hop what around an like interesting that. Interesting world we live in. All the all the sharing, the following. <laughs> I like the way Jim Carrey put it. He said it's like everyone has their own Truman show now. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's so true. It's very there true. Are people that literally just document their lives every day. Except and have all these followers. Except it's different because Truman didn't know that his life was fake. We know that our life is fake. <laughs> I mean, think about it. I mean, it. Nah, I mean it's a real life. You're just showing it. I mean, it's not a fake life. Well, no, I, I mean, it's not a- I wouldn't say fake. I wouldn't say fake because, because I'm a true believer that social media has done a good in the respect that, yeah, people are going out and they're doing stuff more and they go, oh, they're just doing it to like put it on their social media and stuff. And the way I say, why? What's wrong with that? Right. They're still going out and doing it. They're still going out and doing something they wouldn't normally do. And if their incentive is so that they can post it and get some followers and some likes, then fine. At least they're going out and living and doing something fun in the process. Well, when <laughs> So I wouldn't say it's a fake life. I would definitely say it's a real life created, you know, through this this platform. Well, may, maybe fake is the wrong word for it. But my, my point is, for example, if you have an argument with one of our parents, you know, you're, you're not going to set up a camera and vlog that stuff. Right. No, true. You, you know, control if, if what you, you want out. If it, that, and that's my point. Oh, creating like that. I wouldn't say it's creating, that's creating a selective life. I wouldn't yeah, say that's creating a That's fake a good life. way to put it. <laughs> but, but that's what it is though. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, there's a reason why they say never meet your heroes. Yeah. Right. You know, cause, oh, yeah, cause they only, they will only show what they want show. Exactly. Yeah. You know, no, absolutely. So, I mean, people see our vlog stuff all the time, you know, but they, they don't see us sitting on this couch on our computers for six hours in a row. Yeah. You know, just not talking to each other and just fucking, oh, yeah. you know, pumping well, out the, shit. That's the same for anyone who's, youtube or anything like you know the more complicated that video is the more editing they have to do the more sound they have to do and like people don't think about that stuff it's the same thing when you watch a movie Mm -hmm. and you're like wow like why does a movie take you know like sometimes years to film and it's like oh because you know you literally have um like a a crew of you know two thousand people you know, working on this and then everyone has their own job and all that has to coordinate in a certain way, you know, it's the same thing for life, you know, life has a post and a pre-production. Yeah, (laughs) no, for sure. Yeah. And you don't always get those. 
But I think that that's like uh, the cool part of some of this YouTube stuff and this videoing stuff is, you know, some of it does show you those in-betweens. Mm-hmm. You know, I see people post all the time, like they'll set up the phone or something to show like, you know, the abuse they're going on with at home, like with their mom yelling at them or something like that, bringing people into other people's lives a little bit. Now, do I think that's okay in every instance? Not in every instance. Some things need to be kept private, but I also think it's good because maybe someone else is dealing with the same crap at home. Right. And then they watch that and they go, wow, like someone else is dealing with the same yeah. shit, you know? So when you look there, you can play devil's advocate for anything, but I like to think about like the positives that are going on in our world today of course. with all the negatives that people are pointing out. So when people point out like, oh, like people on social media, they're just doing this for likes and followers and stuff. And it's like, well, at least they're freaking doing something. Yeah. <laughs> That's my attitude well, and, on it. <laughs> and what I, what I always feel like when people are saying like, oh, they're doing it for the likes. I always think back to like, well, you know what? When I was younger and it wasn't about the likes, it's like, I mean, I, people do things all the time for popularity. If you're not, if it wasn't for the likes, they'd be trying to get it from people at school. You know, it's, you're, you're always fighting for the popularity. It's just much more upfront now with the popularity. You literally can gauge it by numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's very interesting. It's a, um. Uh, it's interesting to be a part of mm-hmm. one thing I still struggle with, even with doing these vlogs is I'm always self-conscious about filming myself in public. You know, like it's one thing to hold the camera up when I'm in the apartment here being like, Hey, you know, Adam's here just hanging out with Thomas, hang loose, bruh. You know, it's one thing to do that. And then to be at like, you know, a, a fries or here at Smith's, yeah. you know, and you know, a, or a grocery store for those who don't know what either one of those things are. And, uh, and you know, and then holding up, you know, your camera and yeah. doing that same shit. It's like, and I mean, you obviously on the internet, you see all the time, there's people who do it all the time, mm-hmm. but it's just like, that's, what's hard for me to still do is to yeah. be able to, you know, it's, and it's one thing to pick up your camera and just film around, you know, plenty of tourists and people do that shit, yeah. but to turn your camera around on yourself and be like, Hey guys, Adam here yeah. with another exciting episode of Adam's extravaganza. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, well, if you're doing it like that, <laughs> yeah, it would be weird. Adam. Well, if you're doing it, if you're doing it anyway, talk like a normal person, <laughs> you won't get weird looks <laughs> oh my gosh i just like i don't know that is that is definitely something i still struggle with and i feel like once i get past that hump you know it's gonna be um it'll you know it'll get easier it's the same reason why you know i don't think i would ever do well as like a comedian right mm-hmm. you know because and people have suggested that i do it before and i'm always like you know I what think we i should have both try it what? I think we should both try. Uh, I know. I don't know if I want to. I'm all. I'm. I'll support you in that. Endeavor. Do you guys think so? Leave a comment mm. down below. Let us know. <laughs> but uh, we'll see how we'll far you got on this podcast. We'll make a podcast about it. <laughs> but there was uh, but like one issue is like, look, and I actually have confidence in myself that I that given enough time, I can work on jokes enough to get laughs out of them. You know, I have mm. no doubt that I I could be good at the art. The issue that I think I would struggle with greatly, and it's just because it's something that I struggle with in my own life, is hecklers. Anytime I got a heckler, I don't, anytime somebody insults me already, Mm -hmm. it's like, 
like I really do have a lot of like juicy comebacks for you, uh-huh. but in the moment I never, they never come to fruition in my brain. You know, mm-hmm. they never come to the forefront, you know, and I feel like I'd have that same issue with like heckling. Uh, and that's something you kind of have to be good at. You, yeah. have, to, you have to know how to deal but with it. But it also comes like you talk to any comedian, they say it always comes with practice. Oh yeah. Like, I'm sure. None of them are good at handling hecklers at first. You know, they, they just had it happen. Do they, to them. do they say that? What? Do they say that? Oh, absolutely. Comedians talk absolutely. About that? Yeah, they say like it, it's like anything else. Like you, the reason they get good at it is because it's happened a lot. Right. You know, it's the same thing with like they say like they don't get laughs. Like it, they go and try out their material places. It's the same thing. Right. You know, if they try out their material, they get a heckler. They're also practicing how to handle a heckler. Right. You know, it's all part of you know just doing it. Um, that's also one of those things where I you know when people say like oh I don't know if I could do it because of that it's like. No one does. Right. Absolutely no yeah, one does. You true. just go out there and you try it. And then, you know, if it happens, it happens. And then you figure it out from there. Ah, oh, that'd be so... It's literally... When it when it comes to stuff like that and open mics, and this is why I decided recently I want to do an open mic, because it's one night. It's one night. It's a bunch of people you'll probably never see again. Right. And then you're done. And it's like a few minutes on a stage. Uh-huh. And then it's over. And then it's done. And then you can say you did it. And then if you if it went great... Awesome. And if it didn't, all right, well, it was three minutes of your life and it's done now. <laughs> right. Go do that stuff, guys. Go try it out. Stop being afraid. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to go do it. I am 100%, 100% going to try an open mic. <laughs> just... I'm, I'm promising it here and I hope Adam does it with me. Oh, God. I'm not going to force him. I'm not 100% But I would, I would like you guys to try right to. Now. Guys, just... <sighs> convince him to do an open mic with me. I'm definitely going to do it, and we're definitely going to talk about it on the podcast when I do. All right? And it's going to be soon, I promise. I'm just, I'm telling you now. <laughs> and that's scary for me because I realize I just put that pressure on myself, but I'm doing it. <laughs> and I'd like him to do it too. So convince him in the comments, please. Oh, my gosh. Dude, that would Boom. be nerve-wracking. Oh, oh, nerve-wracking. Well, we're doing it, so that's great. You'll do it. I'm like... I'll f- I'm like... You're at like a hundred percent. I'm like at a fifty percent right now. I could go either way, you know. But who knows if if all of a sudden I'm just like sitting here and you know you hear me laugh to myself like I do often <laughs> without saying anything, <laughs> you know. Maybe I'll next time I'll write down whatever I came up with in my head that I laughed at. <laughs> just grab your phone and record it. Yeah, you're right. You know, and just I mean, it would definitely be an interesting experience. I mean, you know, it's I mean if. If I even got a couple laughs, I'd go do it again and work on the material. Oh, yeah. You know, I'd be like, all right, well, apparently I got something here, but I don't know. I don't know. It's something that it's something I've never really. I really want us both to do it. I know you do. <laughs> you know, it's funny. There are two things that people have suggested that I be or do in my life. Two major things. And that is an actor or comedian. Mm. I have zero interest in acting. <laughs> I have, even though I've done it a lot, I guess I keep getting asked to, but I have zero interest in doing it as a career. Mm. And then same thing with like comedian, you know, I've I had zero aspirations to ever get on a stage and try it. You mm. know, people who try it are obviously people that have any, you know, like yourself have even the tiniest bit of aspiration to do it. And it's, it's just funny that the two things that people recommend that I do the most, I've like the least interest in both of those things um i mean i know the answer to this but what were you uh, voted most likely to be in high school the next seth rogan the next seth rogan <laughs> now seth rogan 
does not do stand up, but he has done stand up very, very early on in his career. Right. And I thought it was very funny, but the man does not like doing stand up. Really? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? But like, I saw like one of his really like old, old, old stand ups from when yeah, I think he was like sixteen. You know, and he was funny, but the guy doesn't like stand up, and he doesn't really consider himself a, a comedian. He's a comedic writer more than anything, right? And he is a great comedic writer. Yeah. I and I feel like that's that's more along the lines of like how I would be. Like if I were to be an actor, I would. I think I would do the best being like, like. I would do well being Andy Dwyer on Parks and Rec, you know, Mm -hmm. or Michael Scott in The Office. Just that goofball. The goofball on Mm -hmm. the TV show. Exactly. I think I would do really well in one of those (laughs) parts. But like if, but, you know, like, but, but don't put me in, you know, a fucking superhero outfit and tell (laughs) me to be in eight Marvel movies. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, I don't want to do that kind of shit at all. I, I think you could be like, um, you do things like uh and create things like Kevin Smith has. You know? Whereas like even though he like he acts in his stuff a little bit and stuff, but is he really? You know I mean Silent Bob, what is he really doing? You oh, know, it's it's oh, all facial expressions, it's all Don't get don't get me wrong. I, I would love to like act in my own stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, but but I would only do that, and I'm sure Kevin Smith does this too with his movies. I would, it would be a part that I'd be like, you know what, I'm gonna play this. Mm-hmm. So when you're writing it, yeah. you're already writing it with you in mind. But that's what I could see you doing. You, yeah, I could see you being For that sure. person. I would, and I'd yeah. probably end up do. I'd probably be the guy that just always had a cameo in his movies. Like mm-hmm. I'd be, I'd be like the record label guy that you see for five minutes or yeah. some shit. You know, I'd probably do stuff like that. But as far as like you know, being being the main the you know, starring next to Rachel McAdams in the notebook, you know, doing roles like that in the next, you know, big romance movie or whatnot, like a lot of actors do. And just like, you know, and there are cool actors too, like Matthew McConaughey that do a lot of like cool movies, but then they do those like romantic comedies and shit. <laughs> and I'm just like, and really, I just well, don't, you think, don't like, romantic I don't have, comedies. I don't think I have the capacity to do the, th- the, the crazy serious dramas. And I don't think I have like, the patience to do like yeah. romantic comedy shit like that. But I don't know. I say this and then watch, I'll probably end my life being like a comedian or a fucking actor. So who the hell knows? Never know. Um, but let's uh, wrap this up because I forgot to put the charger on my laptop and my laptop's about to die and that's what's recording our sound. So all right, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good reason to wrap up. <laughs> good reason to wrap up. All right, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, remember, you can go check out uh, Thomas and I's vlogs on uh, the YouTube channel, Hardly Millennial. Um, we're also both on TikTok. Uh, might as well fucking put that out there. Although I don't know what my TikTok handle is, so let me look it up for you. I'm sure Thomas is looking up his right now. No, or Thomas is not doing. That. I will not Never be mind. telling you guys incorrect. my TikTok on here. You what? I will not be putting my TikTok out there. No. All here. right. Well, I'm gonna fucking put my TikTok you do out it. here. You can find me if at Adam Hanson One. I don't know why I had to look that up. That's Adam Hanson One. <laughs> Adam Hanson One. No, the you really had to look that one up. <laughs> so I'm on there. Yeah. If you guys find me, great. Uh, I'm just not putting it out there. It's a little, <laughs> it's a little different than my Instagram. It's a little sillier. Um, if you find it, awesome. Go for it. <laughs> uh, and my Instagram is Adam underscore handsome one. Wait, no, without the one. Just 
atom, A-T-O-M, underscore, handsome, as in Adam looks dashingly handsome today. And that's my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want to check out my Instagram, it's flippincrazy22, flippin no G. Flippincrazy22, check it out. No G. I'm probably going to have to come up with a different handle. I feel like I'm just going to really confuse people later on with my Adam Handsome <laughs> handle. But anyways, check us out on um, YouTube. And please remember to share these videos, subscribe. Uh, you can also find these podcasts on both. Uh, ooh. Burp there. You can also find these podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and now Spotify. Although I think Spotify only posts the most recent podcast. I'm not sure why it does that, but um, that's what it does right now. So I'll let you know when I have that fixed. Cool. Anyway, any final thoughts, Thomas? Nothing, guys. Just um, smoke weed, don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just be smart, guys. Be smart. Please. You heard it here. All right. Bye-bye, guys.